Hey, did you grow up in church? Are you questioning the faith, traditions, and values that were instilled in you as a child or even later as an adult? If so, then this podcast is for you. Hi, my name is Fresca, and I grew up as a pastor's kid in the evangelical church. This is my podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid. Come along with me on my journey of deconstructing my faith, but also decolonize my faith as an Asian Filipino American. I will be interviewing Asian American voices as well as other thought leaders and creatives. All kinds of questioning of faith will be welcomed here as I will explore beliefs all over the spectrum from Christian to atheism and everything in between. The most important thing I'm learning is that I don't have to know all the answers. I'm focusing on the journey, not the destination. I hope this podcast will resonate with you. And if not, I hope you're willing to learn. So please subscribe and follow my podcast and follow me on Instagram at confessions of a pastor's kid underscore all lowercase and no apostrophe. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the podcast confessions of a pastor's kid. Welcome to the very first episode of Confessions of a Pastor's Kid. Again, my name is Fresca, and I am so honored to have you listen to me speak today. If you found me through my Instagram account, thank you so much for following my journey there as I have met so many amazing people who have poured their heart out to me and who have I and who I have poured my heart out to as well. It's been a wild ride. I'm so excited about this podcast as it will serve as an extension of my thoughts and feelings. I didn't realize how much I was hiding behind my posts and stories filled with humor and confronting thoughts because I'm about to get so raw and real with y'all. I hope you're ready. In this episode, I will be sharing my journey of how I started deconstructing my faith. I'll start with how I grew up, how I started my journey, and then I'll talk about what deconstructing faith and decolonizing faith mean to me. I'll also provide some references and resources in the description box of this episode for more info. So let's get started. My father was a Filipino pastor with the Southern Baptist Church, so I grew up in church my entire life. I knew all the Bible stories and was expected to know all the answers in Sunday school. And as I grew older, I was a camp counselor, taught vacation Bible school, and performed in a really cheesy Christian show choir where we sang in orphanages singing about Jesus in different countries. In college, I was involved with a Christian club called InterVarsity on my college campus where I led Bible studies and played guitar during worship. So I say these things because on the outside, it might have looked like I was a good Christian girl, but on the inside, I struggled to measure up to the expectations my parents had for me as the perfect Christian girl. And I hated that. I hated it whenever someone thought I was this innocent little Christian girl who didn't know anything about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I hated it when people thought I was a goody little two-shoes because I didn't want to be put in a box. I just felt like I was more than that. I was more than just a pastor's daughter and a church girl. Instead of being able to figure out who I wanted to be, my life was already laid out for me. I know other girls who found their purpose in church and honestly, I'm really happy for them. They're lucky to have already been in an environment where they have found their purpose in life. So even though I was trained with skills and how to serve in church and potentially be a pastor's wife someday, I just knew that that was not what I wanted for myself. And it's not that church wasn't fun and that no one liked me. I was privileged in church and that everyone gave me a lot of attention as I served in church and 
not only made my parents proud in that way, but little old ladies would come up to me at the end of service and tell me how happy they were seeing the woman I was becoming. But I just couldn't be my true authentic self. I couldn't be who I really wanted to be. I had to be quiet, submissive, never say my opinion. I loved fashion and was fascinated with what was trending, like short shorts and spaghetti straps. But my mother would never approve of that, as she was adamant of me dressing modestly to prevent boys from looking at me. I loved dancing to music and wanted to go to school dances, but my parents were against dancing, which a lot of Baptists are. Just watch Footloose. I lived the Asian version of that. I also just loved chasing boys, and my parents didn't allow me to date, which I didn't think was fair because I saw other girls in church date and go to dances with other boys. Not only did I have fundamentalist parents, but I also had strict Asian parents, which comes with a whole other level. Since my father's church was being sponsored by a Southern Baptist church, which was predominantly white, I think my parents felt the need to be above reproach to prove that immigrants can be good Christians, keep their children in line so that they could be accepted in, into white evangelical culture. So I grew up in a very sheltered environment where I was told how to act, what to think, and what to believe. I wasn't given a chance to have my own say in many things. I was given a set of rules to follow, and if I didn't follow those rules, then I was a sinner and I needed to repent and ask for forgiveness. If I didn't, then I was going to hell. So not wanting to go to hell was a big motivator for me to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. But I wanted to feel loved and accepted, so I tried to follow the rules. But I still rebelled at times like having a secret boyfriend and sneaking out to my senior prom because it didn't matter how much I prayed and read my Bible, I couldn't, re I couldn't suppress my desires. I was taught to constantly ignore my own thoughts and feelings and replace them with God's thoughts because my heart was deceitful so I couldn't trust myself, which became very confusing and I was always filled with guilt and shame. It didn't matter how much I tried to deny myself, pray, and read my Bible, and only hang out with other Christians, I couldn't shake the feelings I had. I also was never good enough for my parents, and so I felt like something was missing. And if there was this God-shaped hole in me, then why wasn't God filling it? Why was I still feeling lack? Because I kept looking externally, outside myself, for validation and love. But through my deconstruction journey, I learned to seek validation inwardly. And more on that later. So fast forward a few years later, I am a wife and a mother. After we got married, we quickly had our first child, which was a surprise. I wasn't planning on having kids for a few more years and wished my husband and I could enjoy some time together before kids to travel the world. So becoming pregnant earlier than I wanted was a hard thing to adjust to. My husband and I both had our careers and I hadn't even thought about kids, let alone prayed for a child. I was in Bible studies with women who prayed for a child, but God wasn't giving them one, even if they saved sex for marriage. Purity culture promises you or implies that you will have a happy marriage and beautiful children if you save sex for marriage, but here I was, pregnant and found out about a week before my wedding, so not saving sex for marriage and being pregnant made me feel sorry for these other grown-up church girls turned women who had a rude awakening to marriage in real life. Just because you save sex for marriage doesn't mean you get this happy marriage and life with kids. The myths about purity culture were just scratching the surface of my questioning the church and its theologies. So since my pregnancy was a surprise, I developed postpartum depression and this is really the start of my deconstruction journey. 
When I tried to give up my depression and lay it on the altar for the Lord to take away from me, it didn't work. I was constantly filled with guilt and shame for feeling this way when I just had a beautiful baby girl. Not only was I dealing with depression, but also feeling so alone and isolated with little support from my family as my mother died a few years beforehand. I never thought that I would have a baby without her by my side guiding me since she so insistently guided me throughout my entire life. She died a semester before I graduated from nursing school, something that she really wanted for me and gave me a strict curfew in college so that she can make sure I was studying and not partying with other college kids. So we were fighting before she died and I had a lot of conflicted grief from that. So I sought out therapy and realized I had trauma growing up in church and being a pastor's kid and all the trauma that comes with being a child of immigrants, assimilating into American culture, yet trying to learn my own Filipino culture at the same time. I went to therapy for four years and in that time I did a lot of healing work. I sat with my grief and I sat with my pain. It was so good for me to do that. I didn't feel like I was allowed to do that in the church. Therapy is looked down upon as you need to count it all joy and cast your cares upon the Lord. Unfortunately, that didn't work for me. I needed actual professional help. News alert! Most pastors and Bible study leaders don't have the training to be counselors, let alone therapists. And I was discouraged from going to therapy and getting on antidepressants and was just told to continue reading my Bible. After those four years of therapy, I started feeling tired of feeling sorry for myself. And I, at this point, I healed enough to move on with my life. I was ready for a fresh start. I didn't know what that was going to look like or how I was going to do it, but somehow the God of the universe brought me a life coach who gave me the tools I needed to move on with my life and set new goals and dreams for my life. And for the first time in my life, I had someone tell me that I deserved everything I ever wanted in my life, which was really uncomfortable to hear at first after being conditioned that I was a piece of shit that didn't deserve anything in life. I was told that I was told that I was enough and to start believing this. So I wrote, I am enough on my mirror and looked at it every day. And so I believed it. It's been on my mirror for three years now, and it still helps to remind me to this day. My life coach asked me if you can have anything you ever wanted without money, age, time, gender being in the way, what would that be? And that probably seems like a basic question, but I didn't know how to answer it. I had never thought about the possibility of any of my dreams ever being a reality. Sure, I had thought about what I wanted in life, but quickly dismissed it if it wasn't God's plan. Who the hell knows God's plan anyway? But I started the process of coming back to myself when I learned not to judge myself and believe in myself. My perception of life changed and my eyes began to open and widen to a world of actual abundant life, not just in Christ, but in myself. I learned meditation, gratitude, and self-compassion, and if it weren't for me being in therapy and healing from my past first, I wouldn't have been able to receive those words from my life coach. I wouldn't have known what it's like to be grateful. Not as an act of invalidating my experiences, but as a tool to feel whole, to feel like I could be a foundation in myself instead of in Jesus. 
It would be a disservice for me to tell you to just be grateful or think positive if you hadn't begun the work of healing from your trauma. So in a way, meditation, gratitude, and self-compassion saved me from my depression and essentially is my new religion. So at this time in my life, I was still attending church pre-COVID and was a table leader at a mom life group in church, which was a very interesting experience as I was doubting the ways church supported moms. I didn't like some of their rules like covering up when breastfeeding and a no husband bashing rule because these rules don't serve these women. They only serve the patriarchy and there was such an emphasis on loving others like your spouse or kids and Jesus but not loving yourself. Self-care isn't taught in church. I had to learn that outside church but when you take care of yourself first you can take care of others better. So I learned the term deconstruction when the director of this mom group ministry posted an article of Christians leaving the church. It sparked my interest immediately and after hearing someone else's deconstruction faith story, I was changed forever. I felt seen and heard. I didn't know there was a term for what I was going through. I learned that I was deconstructing my faith this entire time and I didn't even know it. I found this amazing community online where I can ask my questions about God and religion without any fear of being judged. I received more healing that I didn't even know I needed, but desperately needed. So after following a few deconstruction accounts on Instagram, I couldn't find one about pastor's kids. So that's when I decided to make one. And so these are my confessions of a pastor's kid, and I hope you enjoyed listening to them. And it's only the beginning. And this segues into why I'm starting this podcast. If it weren't for someone else sharing their own deconstruction story, then I wouldn't have found the community where I felt seen and heard and received the healing I so desperately needed. I'm hoping that my story can help someone who is questioning their faith and let them know that they're not alone. I specifically want to give my Asian American community a space to deconstruct their faith as it's still very taboo in these circles for many reasons. In many of these communities, if you reject the religion, you also reject the family. The mindset of individuality doesn't compute. Individuality is definitely a Western and American mindset that many immigrants don't hold. Also, many immigrants grew up in poverty, and my own father grew up in a Nipa hut, which was made out of bamboo and banana leaves in the Philippines. So his faith brought him out of that, and he believes it was only by God's grace that he was able to provide this life for my brother and I in America. So as a first-generation child of immigrants, it's humbling to be in this position as the first to grow up in America. And I acknowledge the hard work my parents and grandparents and generations before me did so that one of us could live a life out of poverty someday. And as I deconstruct and decolonizing my faith, I'm learning so much more about how life works outside the Christian evangelical world. So to define or explain what deconstructing faith means to me, it is to question the traditions, beliefs, and values of the religion that I grew up in with the potential to either deepen my faith or walk away. But for me, since I was given this religion, I wasn't given a choice. I didn't choose Christianity. So part of this journey is giving me the chance to own my faith for myself. But more importantly, it's letting go of toxic theologies or ideologies that are harmful to not only myself, but to other people. 
An obvious and controversial one is when the church preaches that queer people and the LGBTQ community are going to hell. And even though I had best friends growing up who were gay, I voted against gay marriage when I was 18. But since then, I learned how harmful that was and no longer view it as a sin. I just want my gay friends and other queer folk to be happy with the person that they love. And as I decolonize my faith, it means to me to understand where this religion came from, whether from my ancestors or colonizers. And Christianity made its way all through Europe and then colonized countries for centuries, such as the Philippines, as the Spanish held them in captivity for 300 years and forced Catholicism. Then about three generations ago, Southern Baptist missionaries came to teach how to do Christianity, quote unquote, the right way. That's how my parents became evangelicals. They were evangelicals even before coming to America. So there's a lot for me to dismantle and research and learn about and that's part of this journey that's so exciting and fulfilling because i am coming back to myself i am shedding the white evangelical narrative of finding who i am and where i came from why it is so important for me not to only deconstruct my childhood but also look into my ancestral trauma because i believe that is where we find our limiting beliefs the beliefs that hold us back from reaching our full potential the beliefs that keep us in a scarcity mindset and not abundance to further clarify my journey i am deconstructing the faith within the american evangelical church I now understand that there are so many other types of Christianity out there being taught with different theologies. And I hate to admit that growing up as Baptist and with fundamentalists, I thought that the way that we do Christianity is the only right way to do it. Catholics and Mormons weren't considered Christians. But not all Christians are fundamentalists, and that's a relief. So if you've experienced Christianity in a positive way, I'm honestly glad you did. Maybe one day I can experience that too. But I also don't think there is one way to live life or one religion that is superior to any religion or belief. Everyone is on their own journey and our different backgrounds will bring us to different conclusions and understanding. So it doesn't make sense to me to expect people to believe everything that Christianity believes. That kind of thinking is nonsense. So this is my story which is still unfolding and is only the beginning of my journey. Is it a journey of finding who God is, of which re religion I should ascribe to, or is it a journey of coming back to my true authentic self, of my indigenous roots, of being one with mother nature? It is all these things, but it doesn't have to be, because it's all about the journey, not the destination. So, Hopefully, you've gotten to know me a little bit better after this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening and hearing my perspectives as a pastor's kid and as a Filipino-American in the evangelical church. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you on my Instagram page at confessionsofapastorskid underscore all lowercase, or you can email me at confessionsofapastorskid08 at gmail.com, and that is also all lowercase. So if you like this podcast, please give me a rating and please hit that subscribe button. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid. I'll see you next time. Thank you.